Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bloody Good Horror. My name's Eric, and I'll be your host for this evening, where we will be reviewing Speak No Evil. John, this this film really ruined my image of your people. It's, uh, you know, they're, they just seem so peaceful and... Which ones, the Dutch or the Danish? Your people, like all, all of them. Yeah, <laughs> just like um, the Scandinavians, the, the Scandinavian whites. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Joining me tonight, first up from Indiana, please welcome Casey. Hello. Next up from Manhattan, New York City, please welcome John Schnars. The Dutch called it New Amsterdam. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were gonna do this movie last week. And if you go back two weeks ago and you listen to the show, I was like, I'm sick. And then I just it kept getting worse and like <laughs> fever and sweats and chills. And like, so basically I had the flu that then by day nine, I was like, maybe I should go to the doctor. And then people at work were like, you should go to the doctor. So Turned out I had bronchitis and a sinus infection. So then they put me on Mm -hmm. antibiotics, which I just remembered. I'm forgetting to take my last one right now. So Um, as long as you get most of the way, you're, you're probably, yeah, I'm like, I'm still not a hundred percent. Like I was, I was just struggling. The text thread was not surprising to Casey or I, I don't think, but it was also like slightly concerning because you were sort of like, yeah, I'll be good. Like I'll power through, and then I was like, I don't think I'm gonna make it. <laughs> no, I think I'm done, guys. <laughs> I think I died. <laughs> the day because I think I asked to push to Thursday, and then the day before that, I worked late, and like, man, I worked like a. We just had a project at work. We were trying to get out the door. I worked like 13, 14 hours that day, and when I got up, I was like, Oh, I might be like half dead right now. <laughs> like, that do it. The fever had like hardcore comeback. It was just, it was brutal, dude. Like the this flu is messed up my my um my six-year-old got the flu and had it it was like she missed six days of school like five days weekend and then missed the next monday yeah so both of my kids had it while that was ongoing they missed an entire week um just crazy town yeah Yeah. delaney even had it for about a week too and what you don't think about too when when they miss when they miss that much school it's like then trying to get them back into a normal when you try to just get them back to school they they go yeah. feral over the course of a week like no 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 I I'm just like shut your goddamn mouth <laughs> you're going to school now it's actually yeah, I mean same but like you know it was a little bit of a struggle <laughs> <laughs> anyway so we're back this was the movie we were gonna do last week so we didn't skip one. Um, we, John, you little, were muted. little miscommunication about, uh, there was what no, we were watching. There was no, with the mis- happy, with the happy byproduct. No, no, no. Yeah. There was zero miscommunication about what we were doing. I don't know. About <laughs> I was like, uh, there was, do well, you, we'll just do the I, same. I wish I, I'm, I could screenshot the text messages where I'm like, please, are we fucking sure what we're doing here? And you were like, whatever guys. Or no, <laughs> I don't no, know no, what you no, said. No. I said like same movie, was right? Drugs and delirious. <laughs> we decided, we decided same movie. Casey was going hard for the, what, what's the name of this movie? Christmas Bloody Christmas. I wasn't going that hard for it. I just, no, he no. really wasn't going that hard. No, no, no. He was going he, like me. Casey was going most. hard enough though to the point where I could see how you might think we were beginning to talk about it this week, but we had already long ago yeah. settled. Like la- like when I said let's push last, like the that problem was that conversation was last week. 
Dude, I don't know what fucking day it is. Anyway, what's, uh, the, what's Christmas the, is in 11 days, apparently. How Are many, you guys familiar with this? How many stars out of five would you give Christmas, bloody qu- Christmas? For me, it was out like of, a three and a half. I think we might still do oh, it, God. right? Yeah, I mean, three and a half is a little generous. <clears throat> it's probably closer to a three. I enjoyed the effects. <laughs> Casey, three and a half. I, that's a little suspect right there. Man, with, like, I don't know. I could actually talk about it a lot. I would say I appreciated what it was trying to do. I just thought the execution was not there. Like it's, yeah. it's like 50% of the way it's funny. So it's the v, uh, VFW guy. I loved VFW and it has some of the same charms. It, it does not cohere in the same way that, yeah. that VFW does. And like, it's like aggressively shaggy. Like, I mean, it was a choice they were making, and I just like wasn't there for it. I was sort of just like, come on, like I don't know. I set it up to Eric and John as uh, putting it as the story is super corny, but it's got good eighties like slasher gore. The um the first couple kills are so poorly shot, which I think is a choice, but it's so bad you don't know what's happening. Like it's just like yeah. first person camera thing. And you're just, it's, it's better, incomprehensible. better or worse than Santa Slay? Uh, worse, oh, I would say. God. I mean, worse than Santa I hated that movie when we watched it, <laughs> you know, famously. That was very early days. That was um, first eight, the first year. That might I have been suspect our, if I watched Santa Slay again, I'd be like, wow, this is like fucking yeah. amazing compared that to might have, that might have been our That might have been our like first Christmas that year. Yeah, I've always been a fan of Santa Slay from the beginning. Just put it out there. So I did like that better than Christmas Bloody Christmas. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, let's uh, let's jump into it here and review Speak No Evil. This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. From the front time. The good news is, John, you're still alive after watching that mm. movie. I'm still alive after being violently ill. So yes. they can't get rid of us that easy. Uh, yeah, I mean, it takes more than one mediocre film to uh, <laughs> take me down. You know what I was watching, I, you know what I was watching today? Of Speaking of mediocre films, films, I was watching The Eye from 2008 today. <laughs> what? Was that was another one that I think was like an early disagreement because I think you oh were, I 100% would have been like yeah I don't know not so bad you, I well what's her name you were real Jessica Alba hard on you we, know we know and, uh, yeah we know <laughs> you've been down there it's been a long time Jessica Alba she's she's more mogul now I, well than I feel actress. like I feel like Katie Holmes took over all those low rent Jessica Alba roles after a while <laughs> yeah well and Jessica Alba is worth like a hundred times whatever Katie Holmes is worth at these these days. So. You think so? Yeah. Katie Holmes got that. Dude, she's Tom. like Jessica Alba is like a billionaire. Right? <laughs> Katie Holmes got that got that Tom you know, Cruise uh, divorce money though. So no, 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 no. Come on, come on. All right, John. yeah, he's got good lawyers. <laughs> John, please bring us the word of the day. Eric, today's word: sojourn. That's S-O-J-O-U-R-N, sojourn. Simple, simple definition here, a temporary stay. Uh, it can also as a, be used as a verb, 
stay somewhere temporarily. Sojourn um, comes to us from the Latin sub and diurnum. Diurnum. Uh, Diurnum means day and sub means under. Sojourn. And there you go. That comes all the way through the old French sojourn. Old French. Ooh, I don't know yep. if we've done that before. Sojourner. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, tell me about this movie. Yeah, uh, I mean, I did not know a ton about this going in. This was um, certainly well-recommended or, or recommended more than once to us. Um, it comes from director Christian Tafdrup. Taf Taft Droop. Um, uh, he is, yeah, I don't know. We, we don't know. We don't know any of the other things he's done. He's done some other movies. This is not his first movie, but, uh, he's, a, he's the writer or director here. He, he wrote it with Mads Taft, Taft Droop, which I assume is a brother. Um, your brother. No, no, oh, no. He, gotcha. you can, you can check out Mads. He does not look like me. Uh, Christian, Maybe some maybe, of the some of the like people in this relative. movie, some of those pe- people in this movie did. Yeah, no, no, fair. I feel um, like they were the, white. the ill-fated father could have been in the Schnars family tree somewhere. So that is <laughs> his name's Bjorn, which I love. Perfect. Love the name Bjorn. Mm-hmm. Bjorn and Luis. We have we have two couples in this film. There's Bjorn and Luis. They are Danish, meaning they're from Denmark. And then you've got Patrick and Karen. Uh, they are Dutch. These are these two couples. They meet on vacation in Italy. Um, they sort of like hit it off, and then they like go home. and And Bjorn and Luis are sort of the main. They're, that's they're the main characters. We're sort of following them. They have a daughter named Agnes. Um, Patrick and Karen have a son named Abel. And you know, Bjorn, Luis, they go back to Denmark after their vacation in Italy, and they're just they're like whatever. They're living like a. It's like a nice sort of. modern city life they're living there but bjorn definitely unfulfilled um i think you know there's sort of like maybe a midlife crisis in miniature going on Luis maybe a little less so but patrick they get a they get a christmas card from patrick and karen um and and an invitation to say hey come visit us in in the netherlands in holland they keep calling it holland which it's funny because that I don't know what the like rules are about when it's called Holland, when it's the Netherlands, but they keep calling it. I Holland, spent so. I spent a not insignificant amount of time during this movie looking at a map to try to figure out <laughs> where <laughs> these people lived, where they were go. Because then they're on a ferry, and I'm like, okay, well, like I don't know. Because at one point oh, there's a like, lot of fjords. At one point they're like, the we fjords. could just drive, and I'm like, what? And I had to look it up. I'm like, oh, you could have driven. It's well, Europe. Yeah. Who knew? You would like drive. It would be like a. It would be like You'd go like down a long around. way around. Yeah. Um, but they, yeah, they take a ferry. I mean, it's still a long journey. Like it's still whatever. It's like a day's worth of traveling to go meet them, but they're going to spend like a long weekend. Basically, um, their kids are the same age, boy and girl. And so it's sort of like, these are people we don't know that well, let's do it. Let's take a chance. We never have fun. Let's have some fun. Um, and I mean, that's the whole plot of this movie that like Bjorn and Louise show up, Patrick and Karen, it's it's not even immediately obvious like what the hell the story is, but they're just like fifteen percent off kilter. 
Like, it's just a little weird. Yeah. Now, it gets increasingly weirder. And Patrick, even when they're in Italy, there's like a couple of moments where he's like vaguely aggressive or or sort of like confrontational. Um, and I don't know, like it, it it's always slightly unsettling. And the film just ratchets that up. You know what this is, John? It's, it's just more, it's more backing evidence for my anti-vacation stance. <laughs> Why take vacations? Um, this could happen. It's to you. funny. So I, I was, I was talking with a, a <clears throat> friend of mine at work about this movie. Um, and the point that she was making is that, and, and like this, not to like jump too far ahead, but like a lot of the, the sort of like tension in this movie is driven by the behavior and the choices that Bjorn and Luis, you know, exhibit or, or the choices they make, which like at any given time, it's sort of like, you kind of get it, but you're also like, what the fuck? But her, the point she was making is like, Oh, well, you know, the, the Danes are just so polite. Like a lot of it right. is just about how they're so unwilling to cause any, mm-hmm. t- you know, friction in this relationship and Patrick and Karen sort of like exploit ratchet that. up. Yeah. And exploit on that. So we should, I mean, we'll talk about it. I, I think it's worth not getting into spoilers as we work through it. Um, but, or, or yeah, we can get into them, for but sure. like, we, let's spoil it. No, I think most of the meat of the movie is pre spoilers. I think. Yeah. All right, Casey, what'd you think? All right. So, uh, I think this was a hard movie to watch. It was very brutal, but at the end, same time, I think I liked it. I was thinking about it for a couple days afterwards. Uh, I mean, it really sticks with you and kind of gets in your head, and I appreciate that. And it is a slow burn, but there was something. I mean, I agree with a lot of what you were just saying there, Schnars. But and a tiny spoiler and whatnot. But we get to Patrick, and I think Patrick's performance is really what kind of won this over for me. Like Schneider said, when we first meet him, there's like one or two things that makes him seem like he's just a little bit off center. But once the Bjorn and his family get to their house uh, for their trip and whatnot, and just watching him as he slowly keeps ramping things up throughout the course of the movie is really what made this for me. Just because you could feel that there was something wrong. You didn't know what was going to go wrong. And things build. And after a while, you're just kind of wired and waiting for it. And I thought it was really effective as far as storytelling and stuff. And it really sucked me into it. So I enjoyed it quite a bit for as brutal as it was. (laughs) John. Yeah. Oh, man. I agree pretty strongly with Casey. I had a really hard time watching this movie. It's probably... It's one of the most brutal movies we've watched in a long time. And like, it's a weird thing to say because there's, there's honestly not, there's like virtually no violence in this movie right up through the last, I don't know, 15 minutes or so. I mean, you sort of start to know where it's going, but a lot of it is psychological. A lot of it is sort of the tension that's building around what could or might happen. Um, You also... I mean, there's also this sense, I mean, you, you do know you're watching a horror movie or a movie that's been marketed as a horror movie. So it's sort of like something bad has to happen. But the way that it builds is, I mean, it's, it is a prototypical sort of like slow burn type of thing. Um, Pat, I agree completely. The Patrick performance 
Which he's one's fucking Patrick? Cra- the, the crazy? He's the like the yeah. He's like the bad dad. He's so fucking dark and like he he goes back and forth between being like ah he's just like a little bit of a bore you know like a like a he's like a little whatever you know he he makes poor decisions or you know he he's uncouth he's there but when you say bore like, you mean oh, like boorish yes boorish yeah, yeah. sorry he's not like an animal <clears throat> I mean I guess maybe it's the same word I actually I don't know um he, he like he's like uncouth but then then. To like, no, he's actually like threatening. Like it's like vaguely threatening to like all the way up to like, no, he's actually threatening. He says some shit to the dad, to both of them. That you're just like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you can, you can so easily imagine yourself in their situation. The thing that made this such a difficult watch for me. And like, so to Casey's point, I, I like, I found this incredibly difficult to watch. I have found myself thinking about it a lot after the fact, which to me is like a signal, like, no, it's a well-made movie. It's a very well-made movie. Like so well-made that I was like uncomfortable almost to the point of like not enjoying watching it. Yeah. But I've also like thought about it a bunch. And so I, I've come away over now. It's like been like two weeks since I watched it with a very high level of respect. The stuff that made me most uncomfortable was about the kids. And like, it's obviously a huge spoiler. Like we don't need to get it, but like, there's no punches pulled. Like this is not like a the kids are gonna be cool. Like some really fucking dark stuff goes on <laughs> in this movie, and like there's no um, it's not there's not like a genre patina of like isn't this crazy? It's like no, this is fucking super grim and dark, and like you just have to like stare it in the eye in a very uncomfortable way. And uh, like there's one scene in particular that I mean it's so hard to watch that you're I, like yeah. i'm thinking about it now and it's making me like sick to my stomach so I, I like struggle with how much do i like this movie it's really well done it's but it is fucking dark it's like i i could i recommend this to anyone like i don't know i'd be like hey do you like feeling terrible when a movie's over like <laughs> you're gonna love this movie but it's also like really well like it is effective in making you feel emotions and that's like yeah. more than you can say for a lot of movies <clears throat> yeah I, I think that's a i'm pretty on board with that take as you know john um i struggle with subtitles a little bit uh, I thought you were going to say you love when horrible things happen to children. No, no, no. <laughs> no. But, um, you know, but so I think it's a testament to like, and this is a slow burn, but I think it's a testament to how well it works that I was like pretty, pretty with it the whole time, like pretty into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I sort of had the benefit that you guys like hardcore in some ways oversold how disturbing it was like at some point, I don't know if it was you, John, maybe somebody said like, this is one of the most disturbing movies we've ever reviewed. And I actually would disagree with that only maybe just because of my expectation. Cause when you say that I go Serbian film and like Serbian film, I would argue is like one of the few pieces of art I've ever seen that I would argue like this probably shouldn't exist. <laughs> Whereas like, I wouldn't yeah. say that about this movie. Like, yes, the, it's, yeah, the ending is very disturbing. I also was still half fevered watching this. So like, uh, but it, it's pretty messed up. But like what I think the ending, which we'll get to like um, sh- overshadows is how deeply, intensely uncomfortable the rest of the movie is before you even get yeah. to that. Um, yeah. I think it goes without saying that you're, I'm not going back for that kid's stuffed animal 
And like, it's even, it's even more brutal that it, she had it. It was in the she car, had it the which is some dude. shit a kid yeah, would do. Such. And you're just like, oh, it's God damn. so brutal. Um, there's no way I'm going back. But it no. is like you, you, that is a theme that's really well uh, played with throughout the movie is like being polite to the point of like, I think Elizabeth put it like, I, I being polite to the point of like, I would dig my own grave if you asked me to, like before you killed me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And that's really what these people are kind of experiencing here. What's kind of amazing is the way like, it's like the couple keeps pushing the boundary of how weird they can make it. And then when they know, when they see they finally rattled them, then they pull all the way back over the line. And then suddenly they're like, what? It's very like gaslighty. Yeah. It's like, just like, oh, listen. Oh. I mean, it's full. Yeah, when they when they come back the next day and they're like explaining away everything that happened the night before, it's so gaslighty. Like, yeah. so for me, like, weirdly, the my mo- one, some of my most uncomfortable scenes, the scene where the girl's asleep in their bed is so uncomfortable. Like, that's just messed up. The dad is naked. Right. Yeah. It's, He's naked. Right. And I'm, like, sitting here it's thinking so about this fucked, now, dude. and I'm hoping that they shot that with, like, I'm hoping they composited that shot with, like, a split screen or something. Like, <laughs> but even beyond that, it's it's the, the bad dad, if that's what we're going to call him. Yeah, walking Patrick. into the bathroom at various points when they're in there it's a subtle thing in a movie with like a bunch of not subtle things but that's such oh, a weird yeah. psycho power move like he does it to the wife when she's in the shower and then he does it to the husband I think when he's brushing his teeth or something he's brushing right? his teeth and then he comes in and pisses yeah. <laughs> and takes a piss like it's just yeah. it's they, they invented a bunch of really insane um, uncomfortable moments the other one that really sticks out for me is the babysitter like the random middle-aged dude showing up to be a babysitter. Oh, yeah. And they're already halfway out the door and they just feel like they can't object at that point. And it's great. Like, it's so easy. It's so easy to watch it and be like, what are you doing? That's insane. But like, I think all of us have certainly been in uncomfortable situations where we were just being pushed along by being polite. And then he comes in later when he comes. Dude, this movie is fucked. Like, I'm now remembering so many things that happen. So... Um, the babysitter piece you mentioned, like the, the dad saying that he's a doctor explaining. So there's this bit with the son, the son, Abel is their son is the, the bad parent, the bad parents, Patrick and Karen's son. There's this scene where, well, they explain that he's got speech, he's got a speech impediment issue. And then there's this scene where we see, um, the the good dad Bjorn, my boy Bjorn, he goes and he's like outside, like kind of poking around a little because there's a couple outbuildings, like there's a garage, there's like a shed situation, and he um, Abel comes up behind him and sort of like does this weird thing where he opens his mouth oh. and like you see that his like tongue is like fucked up, like it's not a hundred percent clear what's going on. Yeah, but it's and interesting because <laughs> they put that pretty early. It's very yeah. early. No, well, and so then, like, it's like a scene later that the dad is like, yeah, you know, he's got this medical issue where his tongue is malformed and so on and so forth. And you're like, ah, oh, man, that's tough. And then there's, like, the parenting stuff where they're doing the, like, dance sequence. Oh, that's brutal. And he's getting yeah. nasty with the son. It's, it's so that, dark. Like, this shit is just... That kid just coming up to him and showing him opening his mouth that was like one of the 
better scenes in this movie for me just because it was that moment. And I think when I was watching the movie, I texted you to that gif of the dude from giant bomb that's slowly turning his head and blinking his <laughs> eyes. Cause that was like the, my exact reaction. I'm like, what the hell was that? Yeah. <laughs> well, again, like you, you know, like you're watching a horror movie, you know, you're watching a horror movie. It's called speak. No, Evil. like the, there's like a poster. Yeah. I hadn't seen a trailer or anything. So I didn't know what the movie was about other than like, the one line description that you see, you know? And so you're sort of like going through it and you're like, well, all right. So this is going to be like a crazy vacation movie and like some, and it never gets that crazy, right? Like it, yeah. this is when I was saying before, it never, you never get the sort of like comfort of the genre stuff. It like, they never go to a place. It's, it's very, um, uh, realistic might not be the right word, but it, it is like it, the plot never goes to a place where it's like crazy genre nonsense happening. E- it's e- like each, each ratcheting up of the thing is, is natural feeling like it's yeah. It, like, yeah, it's very slow in a way that kind of make like it has logic to it. It's nice. They give us some elements, though, that keep us keep you guessing as a viewer, though, on, as to where they're going. Because I, I mean, I'm always trying to figure out where a movie's going when I'm sitting and watching it, especially when the babysitter shows up and we get introduced to him. You know, your brain goes automatically to this is a sex ring of some kind, right? Like sex trafficking or something. You just can't kids. have. You can't. And that's where you're thinking. That's where you start thinking. Oh God, this is going to be awful. You and, can't have middle aged dude babysitters who are not related to you. You just can't. <laughs> exactly. and and it was that moment where you're thinking okay i know where this is going and it's not that's not where it's going so you know a little spoilery there it's going different places and it's not pleasant but now (laughs) this is like famously me being slow but did you guys immediately see the tongue thing and think they cut his tongue out because i actually didn't immediately go there no 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 not i I didn't yeah i thought it looked scarred up just it does. It looks guy. jacked up, in, but like, like in retrospect, it's like <clears throat> it's like super. That's what is brilliant about this movie. Like everything fits together, right. like all yeah. the way back. Like even back to shit that is happening when they're in Italy. You're like, oh fuck. And the way they use the picture, the like family picture, and then that gets pulled through to the like trophy room of pictures. Oh god, yeah. So fucked. It's just like. But no, I didn't I didn't immediately go there. And then, you know, again, they build it. You see the kid, you see the scarred tongue. They they do the whole scissors bit where they like I can't even remember. They like show the scissors. The scissors, the scissors like come up at one point. I can't even remember why. Maybe uh, the kids are like I playing that. with them or something. Um and it's like, oh yeah, like don't you know, don't use these old rusty scissors. And then those fucking scissors come back in the like whatever you know final sequence and it's just so i will okay so i have i do have a couple like i don't know if complaints is the right word but like questions i guess like the movie makes a very specific and maybe we need to get into spoiler terror yeah why don't we talk about the ending because then i have i have questions about the overall thing lay it down brother will you you go ahead (laughs) i mean you want me to just like give you the the rundown here so the, the family, Bjorn, Bjorn and Luis. So Luis, the mom, is, like, never comfortable. And, like, God bless her. She tries to get out of there a bunch of times. 
she can't they they never make it there's like this whole sequence with the the you know they leave but then the daughter can't find her stuffed animal so they're like we got to go back for the stuffed animal whatever then they get talked into staying um they i can't i'm trying to remember exactly how it kicks off oh well the father goes outside and he he like wakes up because the lights are on outside i think and he like goes out to see what's going on because there's these buildings they've set up there's like this big garage and then a smaller thing and there's also a, a hot tub that we've, I think that's in the smaller building. In any event, he goes out, he like walks into the bigger garage and it's basically this trophy room of the picture, pictures of Patrick and Karen. And each one has like one child with them and then them with another couple with another child in it. And so it's all these like, it's like a whole three per. Yeah, it's like yeah. a wall of these three-person families. And what you realize, and like the way they shoot it is like very explicit. It's like they're basically like trading kids in each vacation. So they're they're effectively serial killers who yeah. are kidnapping the kill- kids, cutting out their tongues, killing the parents, and then running that same playbook over and over and over. Yeah. Um, so the father sees all this. And and whether it was like he was intentionally showing him or it was like somewhat of a screw up, I, like it's sort of Patrick is like so in command at this point that you sort of assume that it was like somewhat intentional. And so he then they make a run for it. They run. They try to get in the car. Oh, well, and they find Abel, the son, has been murdered and is just like dead floating in this. Yeah, they uh, don't even tub. wait for the new one. They're like, yeah. you're, you're done. Huh? Oh, it's like, you don't even see it. It's just like, oh yeah, this is like a dead boy now. Um, so they run, they run with the daughter, they get in their car, they're driving away and like, they live far enough. They live in this like pretty secluded place and like, they don't know the roads and it's fucking dark. It's the middle of the night. And so like, they just get lost and like, they, they're like being harassed. It's like someone's following them. They're not sure. And the long story short is like, they get captured. I think they actually stop for gas or something. There's like some... I can't remember. There's like a thing where they stop. And then once they stop, it's done. Like Patrick and Karen are in the car. They've taken the daughter and like, there's been this, and we forgot to talk about it. There's been this like weird setup with like the Karen, who's like the bad mom parenting the the daughter. Right. right, right. In like a really kind of like creepy, aggressive way. That's created some tension. Like speaking to her in Dutch. who knows Eric it was interesting you were talking about um, the subtitles like most of the movies in English because these families don't speak they don't speak the same language so when they're speaking to each other they're speaking in English and then when they're speaking within the families they're speaking in their own language yeah that was kind of interesting because they're both speaking in English which is not either of their first language yeah yeah so um, so yeah I mean basically like the film then just like (laughs) It ratches up to the point where the babysitter shows up, takes the daughter out of the car. They fucking cut her tongue out. Like on He camera. takes her away. Yeah, on screen. You never see the daughter again. And then there is this like horrific murder, like stoning. It's a stoning, which is like, I don't know. Have we seen that before outside the Bible? Like, I can't think of another yeah, movie Yeah, the stoning in particular is a pretty, stoning. a pretty brutal way to go. They make it's like and it's so degrading, like they make them get undressed. They like make them like walk down into this like quarry thing. 
Oh, man. That was one of the more chilling moments of the movie, too, as we get there when uh, Patrick basically tells Bjorn and family that I did it because uh, I think Bjorn asked him, why are you yeah, doing he says, this? Why are you doing he said, because yeah. you let me. Yeah. It's super dark. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. really is. It's the last line in the movie. That's, you know, <clears throat> so like that's, that's the last line. You know, the, the movie, like, that's an interesting thing it does, which is that it chooses to give you no further explanation. And I think that that, that is part of what makes it so brutal and dark. I also like, I have a little trouble squaring, like what they're doing is just like so specific and patterned. Like my movie brain wanted some motivation. Like the kid thing in particular is so complicated. Like it's not like they're stealing a kid because they want a kid. It's like they just want like a mute kid for a little while and then trade him in for a new one like that. I, well, I, I get wanting to, tongues, so I get wanting to kill. Caught. I get wanting to kill people. No, no, no. I know. But why do you give shit? Why do you want a kid around? But I think what I'm used to is my movie brain that watches movies. Uh, most screenplays would be like, well, they lost their kid and now they're trying to replace or like th- there's zero motivation given. And it's mm-hmm. a little weird for me because of how deeply specific the ritual is. Well, and there's like, no motivation. Casey was, Casey said something somewhat offhandedly a minute ago about like, dude, who fucking knows what, like, I think you said like, Oh, there's no, like you thought it was like a, you were, your head went to like child sex trafficking or something. Right. Like, who fucking knows what they do with these kids? Like yeah, the cutting of the tongue is like, a visceral thing that we see and experience in this movie. And, but like that Abel, the like boy is so fucked up and like demoralized. And he's like trying to communicate, but like, he's obviously terrified to like say anything. They don't let him out of his sight. I mean, look, Eric, like to your point, who fucking knows? It's a power thing. It's like a power play. It's like a trophy collection thing. Like, yeah, so I'm a I little. Mean, so I think you're I'm, right. Like it's not so I'm thinking I'm, it's, but I didn't have trouble. It's weird. I'm like a little fifty. I'm a little fifty fifty on it because on the one hand, I think that that mystery actually is partially why the film is so powerful, but also just in some ways while you're watching it, I think it's more like I can square it more with the whole thing once it's over. But then while I was watching it, I just was like. Okay, but why? <laughs> why are you doing that? Yeah. Well, we well touched on as someone who had young kids, yeah. But like, like I understand. But like, I like I do <laughs> understand that that's part of the gambit that this film is taking. Like to be that yeah. kind well, of thing. They abuse. Like, it's it, this is like gonna sound crazy. Like it's like not even worth saying. Like the level of abuse that this kid Abel has suffered. And that then you realize that this girl is suffering is going to suffer is so fucking extreme. It's like that's what makes this movie so fucking dark. You're just like, yeah, yes, oh my yeah, god, yeah, I, I agree because like so, there's no, there's absolutely no reprieve for anyone. And and it's like, I think because of the tone of the film, it's pretty obvious early on that that's going to be the way it's going to go. And yeah. that, well, and maybe it's just because everybody was like, this movie's so fucked up. So I kind of knew that, but it makes the movie even more grim because it's just like, you're just marching toward it, just waiting for yeah. what's going to happen. But at there, if I had to pick 
apart this movie, the ending's definitely where I would do it too, and just basically about, uh, more around Bjorn and Luis than anything character wise. Because, and we mentioned this briefly at the top uh, and talking about the difference, like with the Danes and being super polite and whatnot. These people put up with a lot of shit and never leave. And like at the end, when they tell them to get you know strip naked and these people we see that patrick and karen are up on a hill and they are down in a gully they're out in the middle of the desert granted they're naked but when they say that they're going to stone them it was nothing behind them why didn't they take off yeah or I try mean, look like I, that that's a fair like it's all like yeah there's a lot of that here. It's sort of at this point, they've seen their daughter, have her tongue cut out. Like, yeah, they, I just feel like they had reconciled themselves to like, they're in shock. Well, I, our lives are over. <laughs> I could definitely see that. I mean, I could definitely believe that they'd be in shock too. You just think that the way that was set up was that there would have been more of a fight, but at the same time, you can see where the resignation is, especially after seeing that it's like, what the hell am I going to do? Yeah. 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 So yeah. Christmas bloody Christmas. (laughs) So what's that what's that movie about, John? I wouldn't say it lifted me (laughs) tremendously, but uh it's a little bit more of a romp. More of a romp element. What's it about? Uh, it's about like a bunch of degenerates just fucking drinking and boning and doing drugs. And then like Dropping a killer, a killer robot Santa. So it's, it's a Christmas, it's a, it's a holiday horror movie. And the concept is there's like a ro- uh, military robot that has been like, you know, like an AI military robot that had been retrofitted to be a mall Santa and so it's like traveling around and like they, they landed in this like whatever podunk town and, um, and then it goes crazy and starts killing people. That sounds cool. Yeah. yeah. Sound like some cool people. It's, it's something. I don't know. If your expectations are not high, you're going to have a no key time. I but, saw somebody, I saw a comment on Twitter or somewhere that there's like more than a porno's worth of F bombs in this movie. <laughs> It's it's funny like my big so it's only like it's like an hour and twenty four minutes. It felt like forty minutes too long. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it. There's so much like shaggy dialogue. They like I, I guess they thought it was fun to just let them riff slash maybe it was written. I don't fucking know, but who? Yeah, but they do of, go hard. Okay. They do go hard on the practical effects in this movie. But like Shner said, it's. Some of them are hard to make out because of the camera work. Which, again, like, not clear. There's good cameras now that don't cost that much money. That was a choice. And it's weird because you're right. Like, some of the – I was – it's funny the way it goes with the robot. By the end, I'm like, holy shit, they're spending a lot of money on this robot. (laughs) Like, making it walk (laughs) around and stuff or making it look like it's walking around. But early in the film, it's it feels very janky. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's a weird movie. Love it. Well, I don't have anything else to say about uh, Speak No Evil. Do you guys? Any other nope. scenes that stuck out to you? The bar scene where they're like molesting each other. <laughs> Although I, I'll be honest, on the list of things they did, I didn't think that was that crazy. No. Yeah, totally that fine with that. <laughs> totally, totally fine with that behavior. And like, 
that bar looked like a good hang. Like I'm cool with that bar. I'm not cool with them leaving the kid with the like rando no. middle aged. What did when they that, come, when they go back the next day and they're complaining? What did she call it? A roadhouse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Like, what does that mean to them? I want to know. It's it's not a. It wasn't a fancy restaurant. Well, <laughs> we didn't talk about. It. The whole bit about her being a vegetarian and the Patrick just like giving zero fucks and forcing her to eat meat at one point. And she just, does it. She does. Well, exactly. Like that's the thing. There's this like submissiveness to some of their behavior. Mm-hmm. And it's I mean, you don't wanna we don't wanna get into victim blaming, but there is this level of like what the fuck is going? I mean, as Casey said, what's going through their heads? I know yeah. at, at each of these points. Well, because I oh, so. there was one other scene actually that I kind of had beef with. Like, <clears throat> so after they go back and get like totally gaslit and sucked back in again, then we get the scene where the two dads are together and the 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 good good dad starts like opening up about how he like feels lost in life, but it's like. I just didn't buy that. It kind of comes out of nowhere and it feels like you've been made so uncomfortable by this person. The idea that he would then turn around and be that vulnerable with him seemed like really out of left field. And then it just kind of goes away. I thought that was set up decently well. Like I thought the character of Bjorn was very well drawn in that. I just thought the idea that that would happen after they've like escaped the house and come back. I don't know. Like it's, it's just kind of crazy. I, yeah, I think he's just super lonely and does not have a ton. Of, they they show them with these friends in like his wife. His in, him and his wife seem to have a great relationship. That's what's weird about it. like they seem good. Sure, but I, I part of the point is like having just your wife is not enough. Yeah. But I don't know. And so. it's kind of obvious that that's all she had too is him. Yeah, it's it's set post pandemic. I mean, I don't know. I. You're right. Like he goes to a place that is further. It's that scene has, there's a bit of, he, he goes further than maybe feels a little natural, but I, it didn't feel out of line for the character to me. Hmm. Now. Yeah. Not necessarily for the character. I just think with this person, after all that he's seen from him. at well, this point. Yeah. yeah. After this dude's sort of, yeah. Been, Bigfooting him left and right. I don't know. Just yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah, and after you've tried to like <clears throat> escape once, well, he tried to <laughs> escape like it was prison. Like yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. It's just yeah. pretty wild. All right, um, would you recommend this movie, John? <sighs> I'm gonna say yes, Casey. I'm gonna say yes too. Yeah, I guess it's conditional for me. Like, do you like disturbing shit? Then yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, you just got to know what you're getting into. As with everything, we're not we're not saying yes across the board. I would say I'm not putting yeah. it on my top ten list, most likely. Although I could yeah, see it. I mean, I, I I'm certain people will. I'm certain some people will. Choke fairy, we're looking at you. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's take a quick break and do some fan mail. Some people have expressed outrage. Christmas movie that is this violent, this disturbing, and this raw. Our answer is you haven't seen anything yet. 
Rated R. Everywhere Christmas Day. This is Jake Busey. You're listening to the Bloody Good Horror Podcast. Is it time to reassess Black Christmas 2006, John? It's been almost... I mean, if we're going to say generous, it's been almost 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, that's the one that's the remake. Because there's there yeah. was a Black Christmas that was like totally different. Or... Well, there's a good one that was made in 1974. Well, I, all right. Yeah. I've seen that. The then, Bob Clark, Bob Clark, right? Yep. Then uh, we yeah. did the remake... In our first year, that was our first Christmas. We actually did, we did Black Christmas slash Santa Slay in one episode. Patreon.com slash. Yes. I saw the 2004. I guess was. Oh six. I saw it in theater when it came out. Oh six. Okay. Yeah. We did it on um, video, I believe. So I think it was yeah. on the video already. Uh, but I never. Then there was one like 2012 or what? What didn't they do? No, no, we was... uh, two years ago. Three years ago, twenty nineteen. Was it that recent? Twenty nineteen. I yeah, I haven't seen that one. I, I was not on that show and it's, did not see that one. But it's extremely bad. And is that the one we, that was on Sci Fi or something? No, it wasn't. No, it no, went, no, it, it got, it, a it theatrical, got a theatrical. Yeah. What? Uh, wait. So, are you saying the two thousand six one is better? Like, you know, you regard it more highly than? No, I mean, I saw that did? movie once so long ago. The only thing I remember about it is we joked about flesh cookies. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally all I remember about that movie. So who knows? It was, I feel like uh, my memory of it is that it's sort of akin to that. Was it a, I don't know if it was platinum dunes, but it was, it was akin to that platinum dunes. Right. Like period. Weird, weirdly glossy. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, man, those remakes. Maybe, yeah. That was, a, that was a dark, maybe time. 30 years from now, everybody's going to be like, Oh yeah, those are, those, those are the real classics. Mm-hmm. But Maybe John. And Eric will be fucking in his old folks' home <laughs> screaming at the wall. <laughs> Info at blood. I mean, listen, we've already lived for my prediction of young people growing up and writing think pieces about how good the Star Wars prequels are. We've already lived to see that come to fruition. So no one's doing that seriously, though. That's John. Those people, you sweet summer child, you're not on the internet, John. You <laughs> yeah. have no fucking idea. Every but Eric, I don't like. No one takes that seriously. There is no human like. No, no, maybe no, no, no. People on the internet. No are like, one your well, age. Let me click does. on this to see if this is. No true. one your age does. People that are younger than us have no. Are just insane. They're all insane. No, no. I mean John, that may be true, but the, none of them are watching those prequels and being like, "Oh, classic." John, you are so wrong. 
No, I did. Look, Phantom Menace. I've wa- I watched it not that long ago. I think I I can't remember if I it watched it. It might be uh, the best one of those, and it's fucking terrible. The child actor in that movie <laughs> is a crime. It's a crime against that child. It's a crime against cinema and the Star Wars universe. He's so fucking bad. It whatever. So, we don't so need to get, we, that just, kid, that kid, Jake Lloyd, uh, grew up lives in, in Noble, Noblesville. No, in Carmel, the next town over where I work. <laughs> <laughs> there, I've talked about this before in the show, but there's a great uh, there's a documentary about the making of the Phantom Menace. And there's a great scene where Lucas and all the producers have just watched the first like assembly cut of the movie. And it's so bad that when the lights go up, they all look like they're going to vomit. Like nobody claps. <laughs> like they all look pallid. And then they start going to all these interviews where they're like, yeah, we realized like we had a problem. <laughs> Pretty amazing. The pod racing was interesting. Like that was a, See, that, I, they I had like one fun thing. In the, that, I think but. the best part of that movie is the battle scene with all the, uh, Droid, the clone droid, yeah. the droids, or whatever, yeah. and the There's, force fields, and like I think that's the best part. Eric's not wrong though. There's a generation out there that's gonna think that those are the bombed. I mean, yeah, because nostal- nostalgia Delaney's is Beyonce is like 26, and he is he wanted to watch those before like the the latest trilogy. Well, the latest when trilogy we're is also fucking garbage. Like, well, nah, I don't I think, mean, I think that much. Come on, come on episode whatever i can't i think the first one was pretty good seven fine eight i actually thought the 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 middle one the the one that ryan johnson did was the best see i think that's my least favorite of the three the final hold on number nine is unwatchably bad i i literally walked out of theater and was like yeah i can't fucking believe they did this like this is a travesty Man, it's not even which like one, what they which did with one the had, story. It's which, just like an embarrassment of a film. Which one had Leia floating through space? Because that's the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. The I think one that was mine. No, yeah, I, think I think that, that was, was the Ryan. One. I think that was the Ryan Johnson one, wasn't it? Or no, maybe you're right because she died. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. I am watching Andor right now. It's really good. <laughs> I've watched like, the first one. See, the thing is, those movie, those movies just made me lose all interest in Star Wars. Like, I don't, I haven't, I never even finished The Mandalorian because I just don't care. Uh, so, the thing that's great about Andor is like, you really don't need. I mean, you don't need to know anything about Star Wars. Watch it. Like, it's helpful to just like have some grounding in like the Empire versus like what the non-Empire. Like, but otherwise, you really don't need to know anything, and it's just like a fun sort of like espionage political uh, whatever rebellion story mm. yeah is that that breaking bad guys in that gus uh maybe i'm only i've seen six <coughs> episodes i think i don't know if he's in it yet one of those series he's in maybe it's in the mandalorian I'm not sure. i think he's in no i think he's in the other one um the boba fett the book of Boba Fett. Yeah, and I, could I watched like shit. one episode of that and was kind of. I like, don't oh, care okay. at all about Boba Fett. So it was okay. It's more Mandalorian season three than it anything. is. It like the Mandalorian's good. The Boba Fett one was like they're going to try to do it a little differently, and it's a little. I don't know. It's a little more adult. It's a little more Western. Um, I don't know. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't continue it. Anyway, Star Wars. Info at bloodygoodhorror.com. John, as you recall, 
Oh, before we get to that, uh, Whitney wrote in December book club picks. Uh, BGH book club pick of December's The Winter People by Jennifer McMahon. Join us for the psychological thriller about ghostly secrets, dark choices, and unbreakable bond between mothers and daughters. Uh, discussions Oof. on that happen on um, the BGH book club Reddit or uh, Slack members can go to hashtag BGH book club channel. That's from Whitney. I just did my my episode, John, of How Do You Horror? Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be out soon in, in December. So that'll be on, the, nice. that'll be on the Patreon feed. Um, if you want to hear me talk more about Jason lives than I already have on the show. I wish I knew less about how you horror actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> is there an episode for that? <laughs> too, too bad. Um, Caitlin Kissimmee is doing her back, her, her journey through the back catalog for the third time or something. Episode 306, Dracula when Untold. When two times is not enough. Episode 306, Dracula Untold. Schnarr said his oldest was eight recently, which hurt me as I've listened to this podcast since well before he was manufactured. I'm on my third BGH pilgrimage through time, and I wanted to hurt John back and say his son is seven months old in this Dracula episode. Mm. <laughs> it's yeah. okay. So, like, there's we're going to hit 700 this year. So, when you're talking about watch listening three times through, that's bananas. <laughs> like that's a lot. God bless you. God bless you. And again, like she's saying, you're literally hearing us like grow, become old in real time, basically. Um, really old, actually. She continues. Okay. Episode 309, The Babadook. Um, the crew says Danny DeVito should play The Babadook, also the little boy. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a different movie, but it would. It's I'm still down to watch it. Down to <laughs> Yeah. Uh, episode 311, um, I can guess what jokes were made in that show. VHS 3 is so bad that Eric agrees to review ABCs of Death 2. Little did he know that VHS 99 would come out and make me understand for the first time ever what John always meant by the phrase offensively bad. Mm. <laughs> yeah, VHS 99 is is one of the worst things I've ever seen. It's it's It has the most obnoxious characters and dialogue ever. They have completely given up on any semblance of any logic in their found footage. Like they're just not trying. They're giving any idiot with an idea $50 to go shoot it. And it's depressing because now in retrospect, I would take VHS three over the last two any day or three. Cause I don't remember the third one at all. I mean, from any of the others, but the way people are talking about 99, I kind of want to go watch it. I'm still upset about it. Yeah. I would turn it off after five minutes, presumably. You should watch it. You watch the Santa thing. Come on, John. I watched Christmas Bloody Christmas. Or I keep wanting to call it Bloody Christmas Bloody. Which is <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it for emails. What do you got on Twitter? All right. On Twitter, we got a couple tweets out there. First up, we have at Relon Films. Hey, BGH crew, what three horror movies could you watch for the rest of your lives? I'm going to say In the Mouth of Madness, The Thing, That's interesting. and The Shining. Nice. Two Carpenter. See, those are all really bleak, though. Don't you want something that's like a little lighter? Fair enough. Uh, Dead Alive. Swap in for... <laughs> Dead Alive? Okay. 
the um, thing. This is <laughs> this know. is easy for me because I basically already live this way. So I'm, yeah, I'm gonna like, say, yeah, um, Jason lives, Return of the Living Dead, and I'm gonna throw a curveball in there because this is like a a, a late comer to my like I watch this movie ten times a year routine. Session nine. Yeah. I watch Session Nine like every three to four months at least. Wow, it's incredible. Wider I mean, it's a great movie. It's but so good. Yeah, it is a good one. It has a cadence. Have- it has a cadence to it. I find oddly soothing. I can see that. They, uh, I would have to go probably like the first Friday. I Friday the Thirteenth. I've watched. I watched that a couple times a year already. Uh, Night of the Creeps would be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that one's I always enjoy. It's a great Tom Atkins movie. And uh, I don't know on the third one. The third one's tough because I get – I watch a rewatch a lot of stuff. So I had a good one in mind, but it slipped my mind down. <laughs> so I'm going to stick with those two for the moment. You only need two. Yep. Okay. I'll throw Poltergeist in there for the third. I love that movie too. So. so All right. Next up, our good longtime listener, longtime friend at Wibby, please. What's one of the most awkward conversations, moments you've had in life? <laughs> Why are you asking this? Um, it wasn't me answering that last tweet. I'm going to get into this right here. I mean, once you've been married, you're going to have all kinds of fucked up conversations, right? So, Oh, yeah. Whew. All right, next up, At the Nun Club. I'm usually fine with dumb decisions in horror movies. It's a trope for a reason, but the couple in this movie went above and beyond. By the end, I was irate like a rabid Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Has any other protagonist's fate brought upon their own idiocy been more deserved? I mean, deserved is a little, a little harsh. Uh, it is frustrating, but I think that's part of the movie. That's part of the whole deal, yeah. is your frustration in watching it. Yeah, I mean, I can see a certain shock trauma scenario where somebody could get them find themselves in that. No, well, as Eric called out, like the amount of gaslighting that goes on when they go back in that house. I don't know. I it's it's not wrong to say that it's brought on or or deserved, but it's also harsh. Yeah. Um. There's definitely, I mean, a lot of horror movies are based on people getting murdered for doing way dumber shit than this. So, they, uh, I forgot to add at the uh, back when Eric first called me uh, on me at the top of the show, but that's the other terrifying thing about this movie, and it kind of goes with this question. Out of the three of us, I'm the one that's going to wind up in this situation. I'm the extrovert out of all of us, and I talk to anybody. Yeah. Least least willing to walk away from uh, yeah. from a conversation. Yeah, see, I would yeah. never, I would never end up in this scenario in this movie because there's no way I'm going to vacation at their house in the first yeah, place. See, I'd like yeah. to be polite and I will talk to anybody that I won't. I'll and do the you, op a couple times. <laughs> op and, well. a po- and and like a postcard is the easiest thing in the world to ignore. Oh, like, yeah. whoops, didn't get that. Yeah, to be <laughs> fair, if I if there's a postcard showed up, I would not read it. I it would get thrown away they, they they wanted to go like they wanted to be on vacation with these folks and it was like the you know yeah, that's I, the like, problem with vacation i don't know 
<laughs> I didn't find it that crazy. All right. Last one here. I mean, before I get to that last one, I mean, Eric, we've gone camping with strangers out in a cabin in the middle of nowhere. So, That's I mean, true. we do them somewhat, but That's still, true. it's not that there different. Nah, I knew them. I knew them. I, mean, I, guess, it, I guess it could have gone could bad. Could have been murdered. Could have gone bad. Could have been. You never know. It All could right, be well, a long play. Like, next time you go, <laughs> fucking yeah. straight murder. You never know. So. They know your sleeping habits now. There you go. All right. Last up, at Leaky Pencils, what's the most uncomfortable, suspenseful family horror movie? My vote would be Hereditary. You? Dude, those dinners, yes. those dinner scenes in Hereditary, though, are, like, legendary. Like, yeah, man, if you had all grew up in a family that, like, had problems with conflict, like it's impossible to watch, right? Like I've never gone back and watched yeah. it again for that exact. Oh reason. yeah. That's a, yeah. I don't know that I could think of a better one than that because of those scenes. And that's all we got for tweets out there tonight. How about Instagram, Eric? Let's take a look. What do we got? I did remember today. All right. This is from our friend Caitlin at the Plug It Up podcast. Is your Christmas shopping done? <clears throat> I did a bunch uh, of it Black Friday, but it's definitely not done. And then I got sick like two days after that. So, so we have a similar situation in that we did a bunch during the Black Friday, like Thanksgiving period. Shit's been a little crazy since then. Health stuff, like kids sick, we running around like crazy. Literally, Suzanne and I looked at each other, I guess it was like two nights ago, and we're like, oh, and so the issue we have is we ship it all to where we're going because we're not going to be at our house for Christmas. So it's all like like all these packages have been delivered to her parents' house where we're going to be on Christmas Day. We're going to go down, like we're going down on Christmas Eve. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to be up to like two in the morning wrapping shit, which is going to be the worst, but whatever. It's better than like having to figure out how we get it all down there. We don't even know it's there. At this point, we're just like, what did what did we buy? Aren't your in-laws like, retired? They got nothing to do. They can wrap that shit. Come on. I mean, if we asked <laughs> my mother-in-law, she would definitely wrap it, but it's sort of like, I don't know. Mother-in-law's, you so, know, like moms live for that shit. I know. You're right. Like she, I actually expect a text like at some point in the next couple of days where she'll be like, hey, do you want me to do any wrapping? And I'll be like, no. Too polite. We'll get it. Too polite, John. You didn't learn your lesson from this movie. I know. I know. And I'll be like, please don't <clears throat> murder me or cut anyone's tongue out when I'm no. there. But so. I don't want to rub it into you guys, but I've reached the age that almost everybody's getting cash and they're happy about it, <laughs> except for the parents. <laughs> I've gotten to that. I've gotten to that place with my, I think I was saying this recently, but like my 11 year old nephew, like I have no idea what to get you, dude. Here, here's a gift card. Yeah. yeah. What are you getting your nephew? I get my nephews. It's like, Hey, uh, I'm not gonna, you know, be an asshole to you for one day. So you're lucky. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, see, it's nice too. I get to go out for uh, bourbon with my nephew now. He's old enough. <laughs> ah, All right. Go. If Scream Six is going to New York, how much screen time should be devoted to the boat trip to the city? <laughs> uh, well, at least a third, right? I take this as a besmirching of the good name of Jason Takes Manhattan. So let's back off that a little bit. Um, there, did you see this? Is that, is it going to be in New York? I didn't know yeah, that. I know there's a, a teaser came out today where they're on the subway and Ooh. they get attacked by Ghostface. and it's Halloween, John. So nobody cares that he's Ghostface. 
Guys, this might bring me back to the Scream franchise after a lot of being gone. Dude, after the last one, I, I got zero hype for this one. It comes out in March, so we're going to find out soon. Hmm. Uh, must-see holiday horror movies. I watched Krampus again recently. That's pretty good. Yeah, Krampus is up there. It's good. Uh, I mean, Adam Scott, David Koechner, Tony Collette. How do you go around? Yep. That is a good cast. It I forgot really about is. that. It's really good. It really is. Um, I mean, I'm always down for the original Black Christmas. A lot of... The holiday horror stuff is just not great. Yeah. Uh, bloody Christmas, bloody. <laughs> not, don't put it on the list. Yeah, well, we'll, I, I'm curious. Joe Bob's doing a Christmas stream this Friday. And we'll see what he's... And he says both yeah. movies are holiday themed, so... Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I think Santa's Santa sleigh uh, is definitely worth a watch, but it's not for everybody. It's more funnier than me than anything that they have uh, Goldberg playing Santa Claus. It's really, uh, did, it's just I the guess, opening scene of that movie and then you can turn it off. Yeah. You guys, I guess you guys didn't see Violent Night. Has anyone, have we gotten feedback on Violent Night? Not yet. David Harbour. Oh, I think I heard pe- some people saying they liked it. Yeah, I think I've I think seen it some did pretty well. Yeah. Uh, how I mean, long he's did, a handsome dude. I can see it on that alone. How long did you stare at a wall feeling dead inside at the end of this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell I you I still am doing that. I was fine. <laughs> I actually roll it rolled right off me. I was like, man, that was pretty crazy. Cause you guys like had me thinking I was in for well, Serbian film too. Honestly, if I had to watch one of them, I might watch Serbian film again. No <laughs> yes. fucking way, dude. No, way. I know it's real grim. I mean, it's been, I've blacked most of that out, I think, but, <laughs> um, this is the last question. Um, I don't even know how to answer this. What's the worst thing you ever said to someone or slash that someone said to you? I don't know why. It's just like that Whitney question. Or I don't, yeah. is that from this movie? I yeah. guess. I don't know. I'm what? sure I've said something awful to someone at some point. I used to get called pumpkin head in high school. That was pretty rough. <laughs> That's pretty brutal. You had called Jerry Garcia all the time, no? And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, that's a lot easier to take than Pumpkinhead. <laughs> Pumpkinhead. Jesus Christ. Kids are the worst. It wasn't um, even connected to the movie, unfortunately. <laughs> it's just because you had a big head. It's just because I have a gourd head. <laughs> <laughs> the kids, you were like, oh, that's, I like that movie. And they, they were like, what so, <laughs> That's it for questions, John. Can you look at the calendar? Like, are we wrapping up here? Like, are... <laughs> Yes. Is the next show the year ender or we have another one? That's my question. So, all right. So oh, I get it. This week this was probably week. supposed to be that Santa movie, right? But we punted last week. Yeah. So next week is 11 or sorry, 1223 would be uh, when the when the episode comes out. We'll record it on Wednesday, which is the 21st. Um, I can do a show and then we could do our year ender it would be, I guess, the 28th. I could do and that. It would come out on the 30th. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I'm on vacation that week, so I am down. I think we got to get bones and all in, right? Like, isn't that what we're doing? Yeah, sure. I think that was the consensus. Sure. Okay. The consensus as in me and John. <laughs> yeah. No, that that's cool. I, I've heard enough positive on that that I think that's the way to go. So. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a better discussion than Christmas, bloody Christmas. 
I'll ask you guys while we're here. Like you, I sent an email out that was like, "Hey, please fill in your best of list." Oh well, my list. No is, one, my list is done. I just got to put it. In. No one responded, and so I'm a little like, "What the fuck's going on, guys?" Okay, well, I don't know that that, that many people saw John because I saw Whitney was asking in the BGH work Slack to, uh, a little bit ago on if they should start posting lists. Well, so I yeah, so I only sent it. I sent it out to a gotcha smaller list for for and people I, that are on the show. Yeah, well, I sent it out to yes anyone who's been on now. the pod, and I am very open to more voters, but I do need some email addresses, which I did email Shelton about, and uh, this is me shaming him on the air. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyone, you know, I will get to you tomorrow, John. Let's let's pick this up after the show. Love it. Well, it's good we said it. Hopefully people are listening and can be shamed now. So, All right. That's going to do it for BGH. We're back. I'm still alive. I'm going to go take my last antibiotic right now. And uh, it's been like 10 years or something since I've been on antibiotics. It's uh, I had a good run. 10 years? Jesus. Been, I never have to go on them. It's crazy. But I can yeah, no longer I'm say like that. Usually anymore. at least once a year, I think. <laughs> All right. Patreon.com slash bloody good horror. Bless you, John. Um, nice. Hope everybody's having a good December. We'll talk to you soon. See you. Bye bye.